So this morning, we want to continue from where we were last week, looking at you are gods. And um, what essentially we want to do this morning, within the time that we have, is to just continue from where we stopped. Uh, we are looking at the nature and the attributes of the gods. And we have said when we are talking about the gods, we are talking about you, we are talking about me. And that's what we are looking at. We have, we have said, because we share in the nature of God, then God expects us you know, to be like him, just like Sister Tina was trying to say, think like him, talk like him, act like him. you know, And that is why we are here. Hallelujah. Then we have said, if truly that is the case, then um, we are supernatural being. That's the number two thing we raised. We are supernatural being. We are not just ordinary men walking around. No, we are beyond that level. We have been translated in Christ Jesus, and we have been made to sit together with him in the heavenly places. So we are beyond the realms of this world. We may be walking in this world. We may still have flesh and blood, but actually our abode is higher than that. Our abode is at the realm that is higher than principalities and powers. And therefore, when we were born again, according to John 3, verse 5, you know, uh, 5 to 8, the scripture says, because we have been born of the spirit, we are also spirit. So, and God himself is spirit. So we are in a position to interact, to relate, to fellowship with God in the realms of the spirit, above the realms of the natural. And we must never see ourselves as just mere men, because that's not where God has placed us. And until we start seeing ourselves where God has placed us, we can never act correctly. Hallelujah. And we said, because that is the realm where God, has where God has positioned us, he has also given us the power and the influence to change things in the natural. The spiritual, you have heard that before, controls the natural. So men in the spiritual, they dictate what goes on in the natural. And I'm praying that God... Uh, we restore us into that realm of glory in Jesus' name, where when we speak in the spiritual realm, things happen in the physical realm. Other non-believers, the unsaved in the world, should look up to us and say, what do you say concerning that situation? And we should be able to say, this is what we are saying. And they should be able to go home and be rest assured that that is what is going to be. That is the way God wants us to operate. We should influence and change things in the natural. That's where we ended last week. And during the week, I've been opportune to speak into some situations. Hallelujah. Things should, should touch us in such a way that we said, well, this is at my word. And we saw last week how Elisha operated as God. They, 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 they brought to him a situation 
that had lingered for years and years before his time. And they said, you can see the situation we are in. We have a pleasant nation that is barren, that is unproductive. And the man of God said, well, okay, just bring a new cruise, put salt in it. We don't want to go into exposition about those ones today. And threw it at the source of the problem. And he spoke, he made a pronouncement. And the Bible said the land has been healed up to today. At the word, according to the word of Elisha. How do you tell me that is not operating like a God? Hallelujah. He was operating as a God. I want to take it from there. Just on that and go to the point, the few points we can make today and stop wherever God will have us stop. Building on that, we are picking number four points we are making now. Is that their words, I'm talking about these gods, you and I, their words are precious and powerful. We can readily pick that from what we read even about Elisha last week. Their words are precious and they are powerful. They don't speak empty words. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you getting the point I'm making? Just exactly like God himself. When they speak, their words are considered precious. Why do you think people even the unsaved, they go around trying to consult oracles, wanting to know what the oracle is saying. It's because they consider the words of their gods, which God has called idols, because so they are, false gods. Why do you think they, they, they attach so much importance as to what their oracle will say? Because they consider it precious. And they consider such words powerful. And that's the way we should be. Our words should be precious words, not careless words. Careless words are not befitting of us. <laughs> because that's why God doesn't speak careless words. Let's open to, let's speak some scriptures. Psalm 33, Psalm 33, I think verses 8 to 11, we do all good here. Psalm 33, just, let's just see God, the God Almighty, in whose image we have been made. What happens with his own words? When we know what happened with the word of God, then we will see what he also wants to see happen with our words and how we also should use our word, Psalm 33, verses 8 to 11. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Why? For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and he stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. 
Because it simply over, it simply overrules what they have said. If they have said something, they say, that is not my word. Who is it that says the thing and it comes to pass when God has not commanded it? That's the way he operates. Are you following me? He doesn't panic when people are when people are using their mouth the way they wanted to use it. So blessing is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people he has chosen as his own inheritance, including you and I. I've read to verse 12. Are we together? So that's the way God's word is. He speaks and it, you know, and it is done. He commands and it has to stand. And that is the way God has raised us. Even in the way we use our word, in the way we speak. How else does God use his own word? Somebody to read that for me now. Psalm 107 verse 20. Let's take that. 107 verse 20. Just so that we know how to use our words. Let our word be precious words. That people are, people are eager to hear what we have to say on the matter. Amen. People are eager to listen to us. Psalm 107 verse 20, sir. Yes. He sent his word and healed them and yes. delivered them from their destructions. Yes. So he sent his word. He sends it. It's okay. I, you know, he, he just sends his word out to do healing, to bring deliverance. That's the way he operates. And that's why men will fear him. That's where men will we 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 you know we reverence him because that's what he's saying there. The verse eight. But do you know what? That's the kind of thing God wants us. A kind of people, rather, God wants us to be, even for our generation, for our world. And it is not difficult realm to operate in. And I'm trusting God that I'll be able to show us that quickly because I've been, I've been saying it and we'll still look at it in details later. A people whose words are precious words. Powerful words, not careless words and empty words. Are you getting the point we are making this morning? And let's look at what God is saying to us. Let me pick this same man, this same man called Elisha again. Elijah was also, of course, Elisha, a disciple of Elijah. So we'll look at Elijah at another time. But let's look at this Elisha again. In Second uh, Kings chapter 3, a man who in the Old Testament, under the old covenant, lived and operated as a God. Second Kings chapter 3. 
let me pick the verse for you because uh, really that wasn't the, the scripture I wanted to use, but that just came to me as the scripture to use. Um, so you remember the battle between uh, the king of Israel and uh, the king of Moab and the other uh, kings that gathered together against Israel. Okay. Verse 4, from verse 4 says, Now Meshach, king of Moab, was a sheep breeder, and he regularly paid the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and one bull of the 100,000 rams. But it happened when Ahab died that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Joram went out uh, of Samaria at the time and mustered all Israel. Then he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, saying, the king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And he said, I will go um, as you are, my people as your people, and my horses as your horses. Then he said, which way shall we go up? And he answered, by the way of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. And they marched on that round about route seven days. And there were no water for the army, nor for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, alas, for the Lord has called these three kings to gather to deliver them into the hand of Moab. So three kings, Hedom, Israel, and Judah, wanting to fight against the king of Moab, and they faced the challenge. Look at verse 11. Uh, but Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here, the one who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. I want us to stop there first. The rest of the story, I'll just sum it up, up for us. You can read it because of our time. So these three kings, they were panicking. They felt there was no water for their horses, no water for them to drink. Of course, they were thirsty. There was no, of course, they would be drained of energy. And they were wondering, is this the way we are going to be defeated by the king of Moab who has rebelled against the king of Israel? Then they set out. And they were wondering, as they were panicking, Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord in this city whom we can consult to know the mind of God? the word of God for us. And they said, ah, a servant said, no, there is Elisha, the son of Shaphat. That man who was the servant of Elijah, let's go to him. Oh, and Jehoshaphat remembered and said, ah, yes, I remember him. Surely we will go to him because the word of the Lord is with him. You remember what happened in that, in that situation and Elisha gave a word a word of victory. He said there will be no rain, 
There will be no cloud. There will be no rain. There will be no dew. Yeah, there will be rain. The land, uh, there will be water. The land will be filled with water. And he commanded them as to what to do. And that the victory, they will have victory. And he gave them the word. And they had victory because he spoke. And the victory came. As you read on, you will see also that it was written according to the word of God through Elisha. So they had victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did we get that? That was a man who operated like a God. He spoke. He gave victory. He declared victory and they saw victory. He said there would be water and there was water. They consulted him as they would consult an oracle. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is the realm where God wants us to operate. Where even when the political system is in trouble, when the economic climate is in trouble, God wants us to be a people that can be consulted and say, what do you say into the situation? And because we have a link with God, a relationship with God, a communion with God, we represent him, we speak on his behalf. And there will be results. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is the way it ought to be. Can people consult us? Can we hear the mind of God? Can we speak on behalf of God into situations? That is the kind of people God wants us to be. Let's break it down, even to the family level. Can we be a people who can be consulted at the family level? Say, what do we do? Because they have seen that you are operating as a God among them. Say, well, this is what we should do at the family level. Maybe at the bigger family level. Say, we, want, we are thinking of this, we are thinking of that. What do you think about it? We should be able to start them and say, this is the direction to go. This is the way to do it. And this is the result we are going to get. If we know who we are in God and what God is calling us to do, it will be exactly as we have spoken. So our words will always be precious in the hands of people. And that is what it means to be a believer. That's what it means to be God. Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. Proverbs 11, 11. So 18, 20 to 21 first, 11, 11. Then I will tell us something there. Because God actually wants us to be people who can be consulted. Who even when people, are, when people come to us and say, oh, somebody has said this concerning me. Somebody has said this concerning me. And you simply stand up and say, it, it will not be like. It will not be. And it will not be. Because you have spoken as a God. You can override whatever the fallen demons have said. You can overrule it by your word. Oh, a teacher said I would never make it. He said, no, you are going to make it even greatly. And that teacher will become your student. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. You just say it. Let's read 18, 20 to 21. Essentially, what God is telling us this morning is, as God, if we know who we are, we cannot afford to be speaking careless words. We cannot afford to be speaking empty words. We should be people who are careful about what we say because we know our words are considered to be precious and they are considered to be powerful. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death. Yes. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Amen. So the tongue, in the tongue, there is the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Whatever you say, it's a seed, it's a planting you have you have sown. You will eat from the fruit of it. That's, that's the how much power God has bestowed on what we say. So with your mouth, you can kill. And with your mouth, you can speak life. That's enormous power, you know. Especially as people of God. If the people of the world can do that, because of course, there is that honor God has placed on man generally. If people who are not even in relationship with God can say certain things and they believe that it will be, how much more those of us who have relationship with the heavenly God? How much more can we do if diviners, people who practice divination and sorcery, they are so confident that they say something and it, it will happen. How much more those of us who live above their realm, even in the spiritual realm, we are not at their level. Because where we have been lifted up to is far higher than where principalities and powers operate. Because we are seated together with Jesus Christ in the high places, who himself has been lifted far above principalities and power. Brothers and sisters, what do you say with your own mouth? What are you what what seed are you sowing? What are you calling into existence? Death or life? The Bible says he sent his own word to heal, to deliver. How is our own word chosen? How are our own words used? When I see people speaking carelessly, it bothers me. Is because you don't know who you are. Some are annoyed with their children and they just pronounce some dirty things. No, you're not going to do that because you are a God. How then will God? Have us use our word in order to operate in the realm that he wants us to operate. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. I've cut off some things. Let's just move on quickly. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. 
and Colossians. Oh, did I say Proverbs 11, 11? Proverbs 11, 11 is very important. Very, very important. And I think somebody can read Proverbs 11, 11 for me. The, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. Okay. So with the mouth, can you see that? How much power is in the word that we speak? The upright has the opportunity, the privilege. With the word they say, when they say the blessing of the upright, it's talking about the pronouncement. That's what that word means. The pronouncement of the upright has the capacity to lift up a nation, to bring a nation up. Wow. And that's why we stand in the place of intercession. That's why we are God's. We have just prayed for some nations this morning, as we did last week. Do you know that what we are speaking out before God has power? Because he said, the prayer of a righteous man avails much. It accomplishes much because they are God's. But several of us, we join in speaking, in pulling down a nation. Ah, that nation is of no good. It will never be good. Oh, no, God don't speak like that. I'm careful about what I said concerning the nation Nigeria, for instance, and this nation. I'm careful. When I see things that are not right, I'm not just going to think that is the way it's going to be. The Lord will change this situation. That's my word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just this morning, a burden was laid on my heart to pray concerning certain things. When they begin to manifest, I'll tell you. Because I'm a God. Right inside this house. <laughs> I speak word over, over the nation. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's not difficult. He says he sends his word, which means his word is not limited by geography. Even though I'm here, I can speak concerning South Africa. I can speak concerning Zambia. I can speak concerning Russia. I can speak concerning anywhere in the world. Gods are not bound by geography, geographical location. Their word transcends the barrier of geography. Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. Who is reading it? Yes, should I read? Yes, please. Okay. Do not let any unwholesome stuff come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it, may that it may benefit those who listen. Can you see that? So, if we truly want to begin to operate as gods, don't let unwholesome, careless, dirty words be proceeding out of your mouth. Then, in, in essence, you are undermining your own authority as gods. I say, God, 
speak wholesome words, that we that we benefit the hearers, that we build up others. We're talking on Saturday, on Friday, about when they say there is a casting down, you will say there is a lifting up. That's the way God used their word. Say what? A casting down? No. I as a God says there's going to be a lifting up. <laughs> Say they're going to be a downturn. You say, no, it's going to be an upward turn. Are you, are you understanding? These are simple principles. We think they are complex. They are not complex principles. It's just because we don't operate in them. That's why we don't see results. Once in a while, we then jump to say, ah, let's just do this. No, it's not like that. It's consistent daily living. Believing, knowing who we are then our authority will be established by God. Let's start practicing it. Say, not from my mouth. We said, consecrate. We were talking about take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to you. We saw the place where we, our mouth is to be consecrated, even also to him. For his only use. In fact, we're able to take mastery over our tongue. The Bible says we're perfect people. Let's start practicing this in our daily living, knowing who you are, knowing that heaven takes your word seriously. But a king that does not use his authority well, of course, his authority will become overruled. Because God want, will not want you to kill to kill so many before he checked. <laughs> he put a check on, on what you are saying. <laughs> but let's live the way God wants us to live. Building others. Building nations. Speaking the word of edification. So that others may benefit from it. Colossians 4.6. The last scripture we are reading this morning. I thought we could go faster, but that's all right. Because God really wants to deal with something concerning how we speak. Too much careless words. And that's why, honestly speaking, I get afraid when I see spiritual leaders who are quick to throw curses. Ah, it, it makes me shudder to tell you the truth. I just, oh no, there we, oh no, we can't go that way, sir. And if we are throwing out curses like that, and yet we are expecting something different, no, it can't be. Our default position when things go wrong is not to curse. Because we are people whose words are precious. But when I see it as becoming you know, a practice, I, I, I just get afraid. Colossians 4, 6, then we close here. Colossians 4, 6. Uh, and as we read it, and as no, we read it, I want us to begin. Hold on, Grandma. And as we read it, I want us to begin to pray that the Lord will consecrate, that our mouth will be consecrated from today to be used for building, for edification, 
in a way that will benefit people, benefit families, benefit you know, uh, uh, communities, build up others. That's all we need to pray today. That God will do something with our mouth. You know the way Isaiah cried out. Isaiah was a prophet who was willing to declare woe. Read chapter 5. In fact, the first four chap five chapters of his ministry, it was woe unto this, woe unto that, woe unto this, woe unto that. But by the time he got to chapter 6 and he encountered God, he said himself was a man of unclean leaves. Then God needed to send an angel with a coal of fire to cleanse his mouth in order for God to use him in a different capacity. Today, we need consecration, like Grandmama said. And it's our mouth God wants to consecrate so that we can operate in the realm that God wants us to operate. When God wants to, want, wants to change things, he speaks into the situation. And that's why our word is a powerful instrument in operating and living as God. Our words. Our words. Sacred words. Precious words. Powerful words. Colossians 4, 6, 1. Grandmama was going to read. Yes? Let your conversation be always full of grace. Seasons with salt. So that you may know how to answer everyone. Praise God. Let your word always be full of grace, seasoned with salt. How does Passion Bible put it, Mark, before we close this morning? And I want to, you to begin to pray that prayer now because we are just going to stop this meeting. You are not going to pray for long this morning. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace. Be drenched with grace, yes? Tempered with truth and clarity. Be, be tempered with truth and clarity. Clarity. Don't let your word be ambiguous. For then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. Then you'll be able to give respectful, respectful answers. Bow down your heads as we pray together. Ask that the Lord will consecrate your mouth. Ask that the Lord will forgive every careless word. The scripture says, every careless word we, we speak will be judged. Because by your speaking, you have either killed or built. And we just pray. When he wanted to use Jeremiah mightily, he said, see, this day I've touched your mouth to uproot, to cast down, to build, to plant and to build. There are certain things we need to, to remove. Of course, if there are strongholds of the enemy, we pull them down as God. So you will not stand here. You will not stand here anymore. But we need to build also. We are builders. Let's just pray that our mouths will be consecrated, will be sanctified this morning, so that we can live in the realm of the God that God has called us to be.